Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hi, and welcome once again to History Dweebs. I am Tim. The topic of our podcast today is the Lawson family murders. Um, on Christmas Day back in 1929, uh, Charles Lawson, who was a tobacco farmer back out in North Carolina, shot and killed his wife and seven children. And um, we're going to talk about his dastardly deeds and some of the speculation why he may have done that, because a few hours later he killed himself. So it's kind of a mystery, but we'll talk about it. But before we do, let me introduce our uh, panel. And you guys are throwing me off because you're on different sides of me now. I'm I mean, sorry. I know. Chuck should be on, first. You should be on my right, and Brandy should always be on my left. But anyway, no. Ladies first. But since we don't have a lady... That is no lady. I don't know if you... <laughs> since we don't have one, we're... Your, your, your use of the word lady I is very that. generous. I'm wearing a bra and everything today. <clears throat> okay, well... Jeez. Okay. Again, I don't know that you stand out in that regard. Well, I know. But uh, let's start with the person, the only person in the room with a vagina. Yeah, I do. Uh, and that You is, said you weren't going to introduce Chuck first. <laughs> <laughs> the very lovely and talented... Talented, and the uh, pill-popping, penis-loving, uh, Satan's dirty little secret, the legendary Brandy. How are you today, Brandy? Legendary. Yeah, I threw that in there. I had the legendary. How do you like that? I do. I like that very much. You like the uh, legend of Zelda? A little bit. A little I bit. believe she was a legend of the Lebanon drive-in when she was in high school. But You're not here yet. Oh, I'm sorry. So, yeah. how, how was your weekend? My weekend was okay. Noah Noah rode a horse, so we're very excited that he tried real, something new. A real horse. A real horse. Oh. A real one. That's a big step. Yeah. So, very excited he tried something new. In Appalachia, you know, you have to ride a horse before you have sex with one. So well, I feel it's only right. Yeah. That would be only right. Yeah. It's um, first things first. Well, clearly. But, no, my weekend was fine. It was fine. Well, we are happy to have back with us after his uh, long absence. Uh, a man of great distinction, of honor. Uh, a man who uh, we didn't really miss that much last week when we did our own. No, I, think we did great, I think we did pretty good. Great, great reviews when he wasn't here, but we're, we're glad he's back. And that is a man from, he's been vacations in Kenosha, Wisconsin. What the fuck? I know. It's like going to Cleveland on vacation. <laughs> The very honorable, distinguished Reverend Colonel Charles Beauregard Hawkwaters III, affectionately known as the Southern Gentleman. How are you today, Colonel?
Colonel. Well, to me, I say it's wonderful to be back, but it doesn't seem, it does not appear that you miss me much. We did miss you, Colonel. We really did. But, the, you know, there were some rumors going around that while you were out, you were actually hiding out because you got caught up in the East Coast, West Coast podcast words. Well, wars, and uh, Suge Knight has a contract out on you. Well, because Again? they're used to the East West, the, the West Coast, East Coast thing. But that well, wasn't counting on the Midwest popping up, Timmy. Well, you know, I, I, I guess he and was... And I've been you. representing hard. I've been repping hard, Timmy. Well, yeah, well hard. you know, I guess uh, I guess that Charlie is in that Midwest podcast. Uh, oh, Charlie better watch his stuff. Yeah. Uh, Generation Rock Y, too. Yeah. You know, the, the East Coast, West Coast thing going on. Uh, of course, you know, uh, there was rumors that he had some unflattering things to say about... Death Row Records, the podcast division. Uh-huh. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. They're weak. Yeah. They're weak. Uh, they don't, uh, you're digging yourself a grave, girl. Just, just leave it at that. They ain't got no game, Timmy. They ain't got no game at all. He's going to kill you, and I'm going to tell him where you live. Uh, Colonel, so, um, you have a nice vacation? Had a wonderful vacation, Timmy. Had, uh, every year the boys decide that it's, that this is the year that they're going to team up and whip the Colonel's ass. Mm-hmm. Every year, and, my and boys, that's been happening since what two thousand four. Since they were kids, yeah, and and they're stupid. I mean, they're stupid kid children. Well, they're boys. They are boys. So they back me up into the kitchen, Timmy, and uh, Taylor tells me, "Dad, today is your day of reckoning, son." Well, first of all, he he kept calling me Brad. The whole theme throughout the throughout the thing throughout the vacation was. I was not their real dad, and they would not call me dad. They called me Brad. Hmm. And they always would say, make did they find some? Remarks. Did they find some comfort in the fact that you were not their real father? Because I would have. They did. They was, sure. Yeah. I, I think I, they find comfort just knowing their mother didn't sleep with him. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, then I would have to tell them some of the, some of the more... Uh, dirty things I did to their mother. Gross. Uh, uh, no. That shocked them. But they lined me up in the kid. They, they, I turn around from the refrigerator, and all lined up there. And Taylor says, Dad, today is the day of reckoning for you. And I said, well, day of reckoning for what? And he said, you've been, you've been threatening and scaring us for our whole lives, and it's time you pay the price. So I said, today's the day, huh? Today's the day you boys are going to take me on. And he said, it is. I've already fallen asleep during the story. And I, uh, so I said, well, you know, son, I got I got my necklace on, I got my watch on, I got my Fitbit on. Your let gold me, chain. Let me, you got your gold chain going. My gold <laughs> chain going. Yeah. Fitbit. Oh, Fitbit. and his Fitbit. I didn't want to get him all torn well, up. And, but I'm boys. wondering if he could have got some steps in. Well, See, I think running, it's a I missed probably, opportunity. I didn't want to break them. It's a missed so opportunity. I said, can you just give me one second to remove my watch? Yeah. And Taylor said yes. And when he did, I hit him in the ribs. And he's still saying to this dad broke his ribs. And he crumbled to the floor. As so you sucker punched him. I did. Saying. Okay. And uh, then I mature. looked at the other two and said, so how do we do this, boys? And Logan looked at Tanner and pointed at him and said, it was his idea, Dad. I'm getting back in the hot tub and walked away. So I told the boys, I told Taylor, you're stupid, son, as he laid there on the floor writhing in pain. Mm-hmm. I said, you don't ever walk up to somebody and tell them you're beating them up. And I had you all jumped on me. You might have had a 
chance, but... Well, there's always next year, hopefully. And I did get to see a snake eat a frog, Timmy. Oh, that's pretty cool. It was like the it was like Wild Kingdom out there, Mutual of Omaha's Wild Kingdom. There was toads that would come up and sit with us. Were you back in the, the studio when you saw this, or were you out there? Were you like the guy, the one guy that was out there? No, I was right on top of the snake. No, you went Merle Perkins. Well, I was studio. pointing out that the toad was jumping across the driveway. Who? <laughs> Merle. Is it, is it Merle? Merle Olson. No, Merle Olson was a football player. Yeah, Perkins. but no, but he also he also did. He did. He Wild did Kingdom. Do, yeah. Okay, well, anyway, but there was always Bob or Biff that was, I'm going to say in the helicopter while Biff goes out and uh, tries to do uh, dental filling on this tie guy. Yeah, out here. Or, uh, yeah or do floss the uh, alligator's crocodile's teeth or something. Yeah, so anyway, that was that was one of the highlights of our thing. We, uh, I was just watching this toad hop across the driveway, and a four-foot-long rat snake jumped out, grabbed it, and we just stood and watched him eat it. See? You gotta be careful when you're walking across the driveway. I'd have passed mm-hmm. out. Okay, uh, we've got quick, some quick shout outs. We're gonna have a, we're gonna do things a little bit different today because we get a lot of flack, a lot of emails uh, that it takes us too long to get to the story, which is shocking, I know. Well, and this, this little pause here didn't help. No, exactly. Storytelling. But we're gonna uh, have a segment at the end of our podcast where we give out shout outs to everyone. But in the beginning, we would like to give out some shout-outs for our sponsors, uh, who those who are generous and, and uh, enough to sponsor the show. We really appreciate it. Um, Shahara, Alicia, Chip, Bridget, and Cindy Lou, thank you so much. Thank you very much. Very, very much. And uh, if you are interested in um, sponsoring the show, you can do that by going to patreon.com slash historyweeps. We appreciate it very much, but uh, stick around because at the end of the after the uh, we get through the story, we're going to uh, give some more shout outs and um, some updates on listeners. So um, we appreciate your patience. So let's talk about the Lawson family murders. Or other, it's also known by the Christmas Day murders because they did it did they did occur on Christmas Day, nineteen twenty nine. In um, North Carolina, Germington, North Carolina, uh, when um, Charles Lawson, who was a tobacco farmer, shot and killed his wife and seven children. He actually had eight children, but one of the kind of a shitty thing to do. Yeah, yeah. It's not very Christmas spirity. No, it was kind of Scrooge-like. Uh, he, he had eight children, but he sent one away on errands, so that that child survived, but um, seven others and his wife. Um, were murdered. So let's talk a little bit. And we really don't know why. To uh, There's speculation, but uh, here, 87 years later, we still don't know exactly what drove um, Charles Lawson to do uh, his dastardly deeds. But um, let me go back a little bit and talk about Mr. Lawson. Charles Davis Lawson was born on May 10th, 1886. <gasps> May 10th. That's my birthday. It is. But not the year. I'm not not the old. year, but it is. He's born on the same day as Brandy. So that, that, that gives us some insight there, Colonel. It does. Yes. In Stokes County. Really? North Carolina. Sounds like somebody had a, when they was on doing the naughty and nice list. Mm-hmm. A lot of people must have been naughty that year. On that, uh, on that date of conception. Right when the <laughs> yeah. conception, you have to go nine months back. I, I, I don't know that Brandy was conceived. Brandy was created in a laboratory. <laughs> yeah. 
by a mad scientist. <laughs> yeah. Charles uh, Lawson's parents. It's like that's a bad thing. His dad's name was Augusta. Augusta, like Georgia? Yeah. Or Augustus? I think it's Augustus. Augustus, okay. Yeah. You're either Forrest or Augustus. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> and uh, his mother's name was Nancy. Um, they boring. lived in Lawsonville, um, which is, of course, 10 miles from Danbury, in, uh, which is the county seat there in, in Stokes County. I North know Carolina. where Danbury is. Do you really? Yes. Okay, yeah, I forgot you're... I live there. You have, you have folks down there in North Carolina. I have folks, yeah. You have folks. Okay, well... This should be this should be an interesting story for you then. I doubt it. I hope you read it. Charles had two uh, younger brothers um, by the name of Marion and Elijah, and an older brother named Claude. Everyone should have an older brother named Claude. Oh yeah, Claude. See, you know, my parents used to call me a Claude well, when I would trip. Yeah, well, well, everybody's. Little. I don't think I don't think it was a compliment though. No, no. But if that was your name. Then, well, then it wouldn't be anything. Yeah. It'd just be my name. Yeah. Not really a lot is known about Charles's uh, childhood, other than he worked on his family farm and had very formal or a little former education. In 1911, when he was uh, 25, he married a local woman named Fanny Marine. Fanny. Fanny. Sure. I think I think I have an uh, aunt or a grandmother. Or you have an aunt else. Fanny. An aunt or a grandmother or someone named Fanny on my dad's side. I don't know. I don't know a whole lot about him. But Fanny was this woman's name that he married. And uh, they were pretty, you know, they were poor. And they could barely afford the day-to-day essentials of food, putting food on the table. Uh, The marriage had some rocky uh, parts to it. Uh, There was a lot of tension in the home. The Lawsons worked as sharecroppers, saving enough money by 1927 to buy their own tobacco farm in Germantown area, in the Germantown area of Stokes County. Do you know where that is? No. It's like, the it, you know how North Carolina is kind of, I don't know, how, if you can picture North Carolina in your mind, how it's like really... Uh, flat on the top? Yeah, flat on the top. on the bottom? Yeah, uh, how it, the west is kind of, it mm-hmm. bolt, you know, goes out. Uh, they lived in North, it's kind of northwest North Carolina, if you're looking out there. No, but anyway, that's not that important. Um, the Lawsons uh, would go on to raise a large family. Um, they had eight children. Jeez. Uh, but the third children... Uh, um, they should find a new hobby. Actually, they had nine children. Actually, they, that's a pretty good hobby. Uh, but uh, the third child, how that William, uh, died in 1914. Oh, he died of an uh, illness, but I don't know what that illness is. Uh, he died in 1920, so may he rest in peace. Uh, which is a good thing, probably, because... Um, yeah, he didn't have that many more years left. <laughs> yeah, he probably would have went out with the rest of them. Both parents uh, would grieve the loss of young Will- William for the rest of their lives. Um, and the losses would go on to have four more children after William. So he was kind of the middle child before he uh, died. In late 1929, the Lawson family consisted of, and I'm going to run down the list here, Charles, who was the father, who was now 43 years old. Fanny, the mom, as we said, was 37. You just don't find enough Fannies around. 43, wait, 43 and you have eight kids, eight living kids. You had nine kids. Yeah. But now you have eight kids. You're a poor sharecropper. You're poor sharecropper. Well, find something else to do. Read a book. Go for a walk. No, you need them to pick corn and watermelon in. No, no, no. And, well, and, 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 and a lot of kids didn't survive. You know, yeah. more, more infant mortality. I understand that. 
I, I get all that, but I'm just saying you can't afford to feed anybody. And well, he, yet, solved, he solves this problem. Anyway. You continue to have pop these babies out. Read a book. Go for a walk. See, not everybody is so against sex. Not against sex. I'm saying if you can't, if you can't take care of them, just like now, if you can't take care of them, quit popping them out all over the place. Okay, Donald Trump, just relax over there. People can have kids. You really just call me that because I will fuck you up. See, look at her. Sometimes I've been going for a long time, and you're so hostile. Well, she she wasn't hostile. She was very pleasant last week. I was very pleasant. (laughs) Was she? So let me get back. So your period. Let me get back to these. uh, (laughs) (laughs) Let me get back to these family members. So yeah, Charles, who was oh wait and see, Charles was forty three years old. Fanny. Uh, who was 37? As Charles said, you don't. We don't. I don't mean fannies around anymore. There's some big fannies, but there's no one called fanny. Did she go on to establish a student loan place that was going to take all my money? <laughs> fanny May. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so there was Charles. There were Fanny. The oldest daughter, uh, who plays a part in this thing later on. Her name was Marie. She was 17 years old. Their oldest son's name was Arthur. He was also known as Buck. Big Artie. Buck. Buck. Wow. Every big family on a farm got to have a Buck. Yeah, well, he was. Ew. Uh, Carrie, which is a female, she was 12. Maybell, a little girl, was seven. James was four years old. And then the baby, or uh, Raymond, was two years old. And then the baby, Mary Lou. And, you know, they pretty much went, they pretty much went with pretty common names. And they, she was, uh, Mary Lou was four months old when this all occurred. Yeah. So, pretty young. That's so nasty. Two outsiders. Uh, the family seemed happy, although they were poor. They were no worse off than you know most of their neighbors in rural North Carolina. They attended the local Baptist church and often participated in the town's uh, social functions. They probably even had an ice cream social or something. They probably went to that. What about the Hobo Festival? Well, if they had one. I don't know if they had Hobo Fest there, but they have that out in Iowa. I'm going to attend. The Lawsons attended the local IRS event tonight. They, um, they were well-liked in the community, um, and Charles was well thought of by others. He was always willing to help his neighbors out whenever needed. Um, this, the Lawson children seemed very happy and did well in school. Despite not having a lot of money, Charles <coughs> made, always made sure the children had new shoes when the school year started each year. So, you know. Well, that was good of him. But you knew he was going to get a pair of shoes. Carla, Carla Nelson would be happy with that. Carla's kind of a... What is that word you use? Um, shoe whore? Uh, sh- yeah, shoe whore is a good word. Yeah, but here's the question. Do they just, does he just buy shoes for the oldest boy and the oldest girl and everybody else? No, he, he bought... The, but, well, that's interesting got that because most of the children's clothes were hand-me-downs. But I wonder if they went to a cobbler. I think they probably went to the like Sears an and Roebuck catalog. Be my guess. Ain't no more than buying shoes out of a catalog. Yeah. Well, that was before the World War. Buying buying a woman out of the catalog isn't always doesn't always turn out well. <laughs> well, yeah, that's true. Uh, they always picture well, but they yeah, they, yeah, they show up. Yeah, the catfish thing going on. So um, <laughs> Charles would work in the field before dawn and late into the evening, and when the, when the uh, when there was full moon, he would work late, really late into the evening, as long as he could see the field. So he was. Put a lot of time in in the on the farm. His oldest son Arthur um, would help him out when he was an attendant. Buck, Buck, would help him out with the farm. By all accounts, Charles was a quiet man. He loved his children, but could be stern and cold. 
Um, he expected the children to complete their chores every day and work hard at school. Now, Fanny uh, ran the household and was a loving and doting mother. Are you a doting mother? Yeah, I am. She's a mother, for sure. I'm, I am a doter. Marie and Carrie, the oldest girls, would help Fanny with cooking and cleaning around the house. So this is your typical rural Appalachian, you know, family in the late 1920s. Sometime in the 1920s, uh, Charles, the father, sustained a head injury while plowing the land on his farm. It, plowing's a dangerous business, Timmy. I don't know how. Maybe you fall off the plow. How do you plow, uh, hurt your head? There was no. Well, you hit plow. a rock and you get thrown forward yeah. and you hit well, your head on the horse's ass. Was it an oxen or yeah. was it a horse? See, that's I the don't thing. Know. You got to have know. something. Or what if he's hand plowing it? Yeah, I don't that know. That would take a long time. That would take a really long time. That would be exhausting. I don't know how he hit his head, but for some What reason, if he just stepped on a rake and it came up and hit him in the head? I've done that before. <laughs> he had a road to hoe. He had a road to hoe. <laughs> he had a road to hoe. Uh, anyway, not getting the... Or uh, not being hoe. able to afford proper medical care, um, Charles was tended to by Fanny at home. After which, he, re- he recovered from um, the injury, but the rest of his life would be plagued by migraine headaches so severe that it would wake him up at night. So he had these, and he also would have periods of blurred vision and dizzy spells. Unable to uh, take off time of work from the fields, uh, he just worked through these symptoms. You know, back in those days, they didn't give you no Percocet or Oxycontin. You know, you just, you know, you just, maybe some buffering at best, and then you're back out of the field. Oh, yeah. Buffering? Yeah, buffering. They put a little little tussin on it. Yeah. Buffering. Mercurochrome. Yeah, yeah Mercurochrome. Little Mercurochrome on it. Yep. Christmas uh, was always a special time in the Lawson home. Uh, Charles Lawson would cut down a, uh, a big, beautiful pine tree on, that he had on his property, and Fanny and the kids would decorate it with strings of popcorn, candles, and other homemade decorations. It sounded quite lovely to me. Uh, despite their poverty, Charles and Fanny will always make sure that the children had at least one or two gifts under the Christmas tree on Christmas morning. On Christmas Day, the family would gather, and they would be a, have a big family dinner, which would include a turkey that Charles or one of his brothers, his, he had a couple of brothers that lived nearby, so it was like an extended family sort of deal. Um, you know, it was a lot of cousins for the kids. They, um, but uh, they would go out and shoot a turkey, and uh, Fanny would prepare it with all the trimmings. And after dinner, the entire family, including Charles, would attend church services. Oddly, in 1927, these Christmas celebrations came to an end when, without explanation, Charles forbid the celebration of Christmas in their home. Did he become a Jehovah Witness? Nope. He just said no, no Christmas. Christmas. No Christmas. No Christmas. No Mas Christmas. No what mas kind Christmas. of Christmas is that? I don't know. Well, we, gotta, we, the, gotta, we, we need to know more. Did they have the airing of the grievances? Well, that's different. That's Brandy is going to tell us more. Oh. And from now but on, they, they, they did, but they did celebrate Kwanzaa. So, <laughs> okay, did they, be, they became Jewish artists, solstice. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So Charles, Chuck, if you will, yeah, a lovely man. <clears throat> yes, would no longer allow Fanny to put up a Christmas tree or decorate the house. So, so it was kind of odd. He 86 all of that. Yeah. Uh, he wasn't buying Christmas presents for these sons of bitches anymore. Nothing. He what probably was that of them? Well, you would probably thought it would become, Christmas would become too materialistic. Uh, he, he couldn't give him an orange? 
I mean, it's a birth of our, exactly. G, our, our Savior. And, and he had a or a crutch. Uh, Tiny Tim got a crutch. Uh, yeah. that would be eight, they would be eight oranges if he did that. I'm just saying. Oh, like have a you, whole bag of oranges. Have you priced oranges lately? And this, yeah, was, and, and this, is, on, this is like <clears throat> at the edge of the Depression, too. So remember that. I, I, and oranges and I, were imported. I'm just going to say for this, mm-hmm. um, we should we should have a, the one of the only reasons we got I'm voting for the politician who's bringing back Merry Christmas. Ah, okay. Good. Okay? Okay. So I, because Weird. there's a war on Christmas, and you know when it started? With that son of a bitch right there. He Charles, started the war. Charles, Charles started the war on Christmas. Shot. He fired he really shot across the, the bow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, I guess he did. <laughs> he finally was shot ugly. across the so bow ugly. <laughs> on okay. Christmas. So he allowed Fanny and the kids. I, I, think, he, I think he was winning the war. <laughs> yeah. Actually, he did. He, that was, that was For about 10 minutes. He won, the, he won the battle. <laughs> he did. He, he did. So he allowed Fanny and the kids to attend church, but he stopped attending, probably because he wanted some fucking peace and quiet well, in his yeah, house. Well, it was football, huh? Yeah, we wanted well, football. football. But sti- and yet, still, quiet. Yeah. All them sons of bitches leave, you're good. I don't know. It probably wasn't football back. It probably couldn't watch football. Maybe you listened to it on the radio in 1920s. Well, you know the worst thing about church? Because uh, Amos and Andy, I think they were yeah. on prime time. The worst thing about church, Timmy, going to church is, um, of course, you know I go to the you first to church in the Latter-day Latter- Colonel. Yeah. They take um, money. And Renee goes to a different church. Mm-hmm. Shopping. Um, <laughs> she goes yeah. to Can a legitimate you? one. <laughs> she goes to a Methodist church. Mm-hmm. And, uh, mm-hmm. and, uh, Occasionally, I will make an appearance at church. Right. And, you know, I would go more if every time I went, people wouldn't say stuff like, oh, it's so nice. We haven't seen you in so long. And Are you still alive? Yeah. Oh, the building's not falling down. And, every, you know, it's so good to see you here. And I think you get a check from me every week, you son of a bitch. Why don't you leave me alone? Because it's not your money. Are you tired? We all know it's not your money. Hmm? No, but Renee ties. She ties like okay. a motherfucker. And see, she, she ties way and, too much money. Which is why they don't get a check from you. <laughs> no, that's true. All right. I don't believe in tithing. I know. Except unless you're a member of the church or the first colonel. Right. And then Latter-day we know the name of your own damn church. The Latter-day Church or the first, nope. first Latter-day that's, Church or the colonel. That's still not it. Give till mm-hmm. hurts. Give, give, yeah. Yeah, don't be messing around with his Patreon thing. We got money for the... What's it? We're sending kids to Honduras. We're sending rich kids to Honduras to be poor. <laughs> I would totally do that. Yeah. So, in November of 1929, one of their old neighbors died. Okay. Uh, Chuck and his family, with the rest of the community, attended the wake. Oh, I've never been to a wake. Are they, um, have you, either of you? Yes. I know you have, Chuck. We do wakes all the time. We're Irish. Okay. Wakes are wakes yeah, are we do quite wakes. the event. Are they fun? Well, they can be. I mean, um, I went to I went to showings, but I haven't been to what. A wake is when you basically everybody everybody gets drunk. Everybody tells stories about the person that died. And there's food. And there's tons of food. I thought a wake was what you were not when you were doing this podcast. Well, nice. <laughs> so they go to this thing, and while warming his hands over a coal stove. Charles was heard to tell a friend, I wouldn't mind dying myself if I could take my family with me. Oh, well, he finds a way to do that. What a freak. So he wanted to meet the Lord, but he wanted to he wanted to get a group right. Right. Um, and, and why sense going if you're taking your whole family with you? But here's the other thing. That would fuck up heaven, wouldn't it? 
I mean, when you think about heaven, you know how this old man over time. You know? Give me time to miss him for a little while. But yeah. here's the thing. Nobody thought anything of it. Well, said it, and everybody's like, yeah. Well, you right. know, people just talk sometimes. Yeah, you know, yeah. Just talk out there. I don't know that I've ever said anything like that ever in my whole life. No. In fact, I'm positive. So around this time, Charles's headaches were getting worse, and he started to develop started to develop a bad rash all over his body. Uh, Shot of penicillin would clear that up for him. Bad rash all over your body and headaches, girl. Finally, at That's Fanny's, not, I've had that before. Yeah, shocking. At Fanny's insistence, next thing you know, your pee is burning. Oh, like a son bitch. Charles consulted a doctor. Okay. The doctor could not diagnose the problem, but prescribed some medicine for the headaches and the rash. And by December of 1929, Charles seemed to be his old self. The headaches seemed to have gone away, and he was sleeping well again, and the rash was improving. Good. Having harvested the season's tobacco, Chuck was spending more time with the children and his younger brothers who lived nearby. He was teaching his younger boys how to shoot a gun and hunt, and seemed completely happy. And Fanny was hopeful that Charles was finally getting back into the Christmas spirit. Yeah, that's, that's... Ebenezer Charles. Well, yeah, he's been he's been kind of a Scrooge the last couple of years, so maybe it was maybe it was health related. He wasn't. Uh, he probably had a tumor. Yeah, we know we don't, we don't, we can't speculate. That's a, I if, can uh, speculate that that's hip, a tumor. Uh, violating hip, uh, well, I don't think so. I'm I'm I've never do, I've never seen Charles nor okay. you know nothing. So I'm just guessing. I've seen this photograph. Yeah. Everyone has. Go ahead. So, uh, shortly before Christmas Day in 1929, Mr. Lawson led his family to town to buy them new clothes and to have a family picture taken. Yes. Uh, we'll, po- we'll post that portrait up on the page. This was considered weird yeah. because they were not a well-off family. Yeah, I mean, you know, if you go down to Kmart to get the family picture, photo, portrait taken, that, that, you know, you that can set you back. That can set you back five or six dollars. We was uh, <clears throat> one year I bought Renee a very nice photo frame for Christmas. I don't understand what's happening here. And I went down to the basement, put my got my camera equipment up, set up a thing, set up a light. I didn't realize it was one of those work lights mm-hmm. that causes global warming. Mm-hmm. And I was going to take a picture of all three boys. I had them dressed up and mm-hmm. you know take a picture, put it in the frame for them. And they was messing around. They was squinting because the light was in their eyes. And I was like, look, boys, you got one more chance. One more chance to smile, and I'm going to kick every one of your asses. And Taylor looked at me, and he said, uh, Dad, the lady at J.C. Penny just usually uses a puppet. <laughs> <laughs> and Tana said, you know, Dad, the threat of physical violence typically does not bring joy to people. <laughs> right on both occasions. Okay, so he takes But they left, and I got a good picture. They, so uh, Charles, Thank God that story had a happy ending. So Charles... This uh, one doesn't. Charles, this Charles, not this Charles in the room, but Charles Lawson takes his family to town to do a, take a family report. And for dramatic flair, the sentence is in here. Little did his family know that this would soon be their burial clothes. Ooh. Ooh. Dramatic. You like that? You like I don't that? like the, the little... Dramatic flair. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. So, Christmas Day, 1920... Picture it. Christmas Day, 1929. Oh, the weather outside is... North, <laughs> North Central, North Carolina. Okay. It's probably hurricane season. No, <laughs> no it, it is was, not. It was snowing. Uh, Chuck had woke up early, and he fed the farm animals... Uh, had some breakfast and Fanny greeted him with Merry Christmas and Char- Charles just walked walk past her just ignored her and walked past her he's getting grumpy again 
So a couple minutes later, Fanny saw him shooting cans off a fence post in the backyard. That sounds like a productive day, way to spend your Christmas day. Since mm-hmm. it was Christmas Day, after lunch, Carrie, age 12, and Maybelle, age 7, asked their mother if they could go to their aunt and uncle's house nearby. Uh, the girls wanted to see what Santa Claus had brought their young cousins because they didn't get dick. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe Santa forgot that they like cousins, too. Now, this is a true story, a quick one. <laughs> he didn't, even, my uncle was he didn't a, even get a fucking my uncle, orange, My uncle girl. was a Baptist yeah. minister. Well, that's a, that's an import. And he uh, yeah. he was one of those people who believed that Christmas had become too materialistic. Right. So he would not, they would decorate the house with Christ-like things. Mm-hmm. Um, right. But he would not buy gifts mm-hmm. um, because it was commercialized. But these motherfuckers would go out the next day when everything was on sale. And buy stuff. And shop like a motherfucker for these kids. And I was like, what? So that just meant he was cheap. He's just fucking cheap. That's all. You You ain't making no statement. You're cheap. Okay. So Charles, uh, Charles Austin didn't get anything for the kids. And the two little girls wanted to go, go see next their, door or wherever. See so see their cousins got. So they, their mom, Fanny, told them, you know, yeah, that's fine. Just be back before supper. Okay. And as the girls started their walk to their cousin's house, Chuck. Charles. Don't confuse them. Charles mm-hmm. Olsen. Their father. Yeah. Uh, was waiting for them to pass by their tobacco barn. Okay. When they were with, uh, within range, he shot 12-year-old Carrie with his rifle. So dad shoots the little girl. Uh, he then took aim at seven-year-old Maybell. Uh, when the fire, when he fired, the rifle jammed because um, it had been giving him some problems, and so he couldn't use the rifle. And he shot little Maybell with a shotgun. Ugh, that cannot be good. Seven, no, that's seven year old. Mark. Yeah, yeah seven-year-old with that's a shotgun. Leave a mark. Yeah. He then walked slowly to the dying girls, and he looked over them and saw that Carrie was still breathing, and he beat her in the head with the butt of his rifle. He then drug his now dead daughter's bodies to the barn, where he carefully laid them on the barn floor. Oh, well. Uh, Afterwards, he returned to the house and shot Fanny, who was on the porch cleaning a rug. Uh, As soon as the gun was fired, 17-year-old Marie, who was inside the cabin, screamed. Also inside was Mr. Lawson's sons, James and Raymond. Visiting was the boy's friend, 9-year-old Hassel Miller. Hassel? Asshole Miller? Hassle. That asshole Miller Hassle, kid. Hassle, like he's Hassle. Hassle. Like Hoff. Hassle. Hassle Hoff? No, just Hassle. Yeah, this kid, and this kid. You know he this, got teased. Now, this kid lives, and... Um, now, the parents just named him this, well. This missing kid lives, but he doesn't uh, He doesn't come forward until like 70 years later, 75 years later. Or something. It's a weird story. Um, Hassle would witness the murder of Fanny Lawson but wouldn't tell anybody about what he saw until he was 84 years old in 2004. So thanks for ruining that. 75 years. Ruining that little tidbit I had there. I'm sorry. I thought it was an interesting thing. Uh, Fanny apparently survived the first shot, only to be bludgeoned to death by Charles. What's with this motherfucking firing twice? Now hiding behind some furniture, Hassel saw, saw Charles murder his oldest daughter, Marie. Uh, Marie was getting ready to fuck him up because she grabbed a poker from the fireplace. Marie's oh, not playing. Oh, yeah. She ain't playing that shit. So as she turned to face her father, <clears throat> Charles shot her in the back. Now, this that's chicken shit. Well, you don't take a poker to a shotgun fight. <laughs> you don't. She, she's, she's got a poker. It's not going to do any good against a shotgun. And normally a poker is an acceptable weapon. 
yeah. until somebody has a shotgun. Yeah. That's why it was a, that's why it was bludgeoning him. He had a shotgun and he was had to reload every time. Yeah, some yeah. Well he was low on ammo, but we'll get to that. Now if he would have had the AR fifteen, he could have just gone through the whole family and eaten breakfast. Well, right, right. right. If he had AK forty seven. AK forty seven, anything. Yeah. So he shot her in the back. Um, oh, he- hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. He shot a girl in That's the what back. I just said. Why don't you fucking listen? <laughs> well, she was going for the said. poker. <laughs> you can't let her get the poker. You can't let her get the poker. So she was going, she went for that, and Charles shot her through the back. Yes, because he's chicken shit. Do you think that was like this moment, like where they was both standing in yeah, the living like, room, yeah, and they was making eye contact? No, it's him, but that's a, that happens with him and the hassle. Oh, because see, I can't get to that part. Yeah. He wants to give everything. Oh, away. I'm just saying. Yeah. Does do she's looking? She's eye, they're yeah. making eye contact. She, they're both very still. I think it, she I looks think it over to Poker. I think when he she says, saw her mom getting shot, that uh, she wasn't going to. You know, there was no standing. No. And, and he says, and you know what he says? What? I know what you're thinking, kid. Did I fire one shot or none? Well, in all this confusion, I kind of forgot myself. So, you have to ask yourself, do I feel lucky? Well, do you, kid? That's, right, Clint. that's from a Clint Eastwood yeah. movie, Dirty Harry. Get out of town. Mm-hmm. Jesus Christ. 1970. <sighs> oh, yes. <laughs> yes. All right. So, the shotgun blast threw Marie's body against the fireplace mantle. The concussion from the blast was so forceful it broke her neck and knocked out several of her teeth. It well, also... I mean, it was... A, it was it was pretty and, yeah. impactful. He was pretty close. Yeah. He uh, it also stopped the clock on the living room wall. Time of the murders was one twenty five PM on December twenty fifth, nineteen twenty nine. And they kept that clock like that. Uh, they it become well, we'll get to it, but it becomes a tourist attraction. After Marie fell dead, Charles laid eyes on Hassel. Uh, Charles looked at him and said calmly, this if, is you don't get, if you don't get up, the hell up out of here, you're going to be next. So Hassel, not being a dumbass, took off running. Yes, that would have been and the And did not speak to, to anyone about the murders for the next 75 years. 
So see how it would have gotten to that? Yeah. And you spoiled it. There were rumors over the years that there were two other visitors in the home that day. By besides the way, uh, Merle Perkins was with the Wild Kingdom. It was Merle Perkins. Just FYI. Wasn't Merle also Olsen with him, too? No. Oh. He, he, Merle Olsen was a football player. Oh, I he know. was on Little House on the Prairie. Okay, he was okay, an actor, okay. But so he was in he was in he was in the plains. He was in the plains. You know what? Here's the problem though. I was so young when all that was going on, I was lucky to remember Merle. But it didn't stop you. Your lack of information did not stop you from jumping into the Does conversation. Does it stop you ever? <laughs> Correct. <laughs> I'm just saying. Yeah. Does it ever stop you? My information, wouldn't you say, is typically correct and on on spot. And it's superfluous. Spot all right. Yes. Let's go. Uh, let's see. <laughs> so yeah, there holding were us up, devil. Continue, please. Christmas Day, 1929. I know, we're there. Happy at the Boston family It's snowy out. Farm. There's a half-beaten rug on the front porch. Lots of blood. Yeah, lots of blood in the Yes, so there had been rumors that there had been other visitors at the house, but those rumors had never been substantiated. Uh, the two little boys, James, age four, and Raymond, age two, were hiding, and it didn't take long for Charles to locate them, and he shot each boy in the head. See, if they had practiced that hide-and-seek a little bit better. Oh, yeah. Lazy little bastards. Lastly, and the saddest part of all this bloodshed, is where Mr. Lawson killed four-month-old Marilou. Uh, and it's believed the baby was beaten to death in her crib. Oh, for uh, fuck's sake. After killing his entire family, except for one kid. Yeah, uh, the, Arthur Buck. Yeah, the one Buck. He'd gone into town. Uh, after killing his entire family, Charles took all the victims to the barn and laid them out with their arms crossed. He went back into the house and collected each of his children's pillows from their bedroom. He would later place them under the victim's head as he laid them in the barn. See, I don't think that's going to bring him a lot of comfort. I mean, it was thoughtful, but really, I mean, after you've blown them away with a shotgun, yeah, yeah, shotgun the pillow's blast. not going to help their head. I mean, it's nice. But I think it, it shows his, uh, and serial killers do this. They'll cover up the victims and mm-hmm. place them comfortably. And Yeah, that's what he did. He would cross their arms, lay them mm-hmm. down. Now, I've seen different reports. It's a like, sign of remorse. I've seen reports where he, mm-hmm. he got the pillows and placed them under their heads. Others reports said that he placed rocks under their heads. But. First of all, he had plenty of time to show remorse. I don't. He had no intent. This is not remorse. He doesn't feel bad for killing. Well, he's well organized. Once you shoot the first one, you got to shoot them all. Um. But they're gonna rat you out. I, well, that's you true. know, out of eight of them, one of them gonna break. I know. You got seven, seven yeah. left. Somebody gonna break. Yeah. I know. Kids, you can't take kids to war. They spill everything. But you know, when you, after you shoot your whole family, mm-hmm. and you're the only one left, you know, suspicion is gonna fall upon you. What about Buck? Buck is out of running. You could have thrown that. You could have thrown it all on Buck. Well, Buck is out running. Now. So while he's upstairs uh, collecting the pillows, Claude, the came old, by. The old, his older brother, Claude. his older brother Claude, or his brother, whoever, he finished hunting and was stopping by to wish the family a merry Christmas. When he came upon the horrific scene downstairs, Claude rushed out of the home to go get help. As he glanced back toward the house, he saw a figure looking out the second floor window. It was Charles. I'm guessing one of his first thoughts was, man, I'm glad I didn't buy them all fucking presents. Yeah, because now he ain't got under return. Yeah. (sighs) Okay. After the bloody massacre, Charles hid in the nearby woods. People began to gather at the Lawson residence. He's probably glad he went with gift cards. (laughs) (laughs) Jesus. People began to gather at the Lawson residence after hearing about the tragedy. 
The crime scene was greatly compromised as neighbors, reporters, and interested spectators walked all through the house. Yeah, they didn't. They didn't block off the crime scene very well. <laughs> People were just trading. They would just walk. What's going on over here? Uh, yeah, they were like walking in the blood and all kind of. I wonder if were they. Oh, let's see. We talked about that with the uh, the Vasalia axe murders. Remember. Mm-hmm. You yeah, just walked through ruin yeah. the shoes. You know, ruin your shoes on blood. Well, you know they didn't fall in blood. It's slippery. There were a lot of them yes. Were, well, I guess they were short. Were be wearing shoes since it was cold out. It was but. winter, but you know, here's the thing. You know, some of them were taking the only nice shit these people had. Oh yeah, oh, yeah keep going. Keep it going. wasn't taking the Christmas gifts. Keep going because it gets uh, it gets to that. All right, so you got a compromised crime scene uh, with his family murder and Charles with uh, and Charles missing. The police were pretty sure who the number one suspect was. Look at them. <laughs> Keystone, Barney, yeah. Barney hopped on it <laughs> down there in Mount Pilot, you know, because Barney got promoted from deputy there in Mayberry. Oh yeah, he did. He was the sheriff. Well, he we got promoted to uh, detective up there in Mount Pilot. Oh yeah, up in Mount Pilot. Yeah, yeah, he wore a suit and everything. Mm-hmm. Well, shit, he was badass up there. He was, so he, got, he was banging Thelma Lou. Oh, you know he was banging Thelma, <laughs> and you know what Thelma Lou too though? What? She was also banging Goma. You think so? Oh, yeah, she was a whore. So she's a whore. Uh, I don't think she's banging Goober, because I think Goober... Goober I think or Gomer? Gomer. Gomer was... I think Gomer was trying to get uh, Howard Sprague. Well, that could be. <laughs> yeah, but I'll tell you... all lanky time. You can say what you want, but and you know... And that pencil-thin mustache. No, you, you know... See the one that had access to the drugs? <laughs> well, he, was Sprague you know, a pharmacist? He was, no, he was... Because I don't watch the show. So. He was the county clerk. Who was the pharmacist? Um, uh, that was a Ellie. Ella. Ellie. Ellie May. Or was it Floyd? I don't know if it's Ellie May. No, Floyd she was, was the barber. assistant. There was that's the one owner I, of the pharmacy. That's the one I liked. Ellie. She was the pharmacy. Yeah, but the owner of the pharmacy. Yeah, it was his daughter. Floyd is the um, barber, right? Because Floyd's a barber. Um, oh, who is uh, Floyd who's Kelly, Andy's I, mama? Um, Aunt B. Yes. It was his aunt. Aunt B was blowing the pharmacist fox. Enough. Well. You think so? Oh, you. And you know what? And I don't judge there, her for that. She went into the back room. Didn't you ever you know, notice that? You know, Floyd, she was like, "Come into the back room." B. Floyd is a fucking gossip man. Anything, <laughs> anything put on that town. Floyd. You can't say anything. Yeah, that Floyd. Okay. Oh yeah, B was a hoe. Okay. B was a hoe. She All right. Was putting so, up for the pharmacy. So Barney and the police started to formulate a plan for a search. They were sure. They Helen put this Crump. together. I, I, I would Stop. not want to bang Helen Crump. I'd bang her. You know why? Because she's wild. She was a teacher. She, you know, she was repressed and wild. Timmy, you once you break the seal on that woman, she was like a caged tiger. Really? Just all over you. I like those women they brought back from Mount Pilot, the wild girls. All the wild girls, yeah. 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 But you know what? Those are the worst ones because they act real wild, but then you get them and they ain't nothing. But but a woman like Helen Crump, she ain't had nothing but a vibrator for her. Nary a time. Oh, oh so yeah. Probably she wild. gets some real man in her. And she, ooh, <laughs> you know who? You know they say, they say it was really hung. Ernest T. Bass. Oh yeah. 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 <laughs> he had a, he had a dick like a horse, Timmy. <laughs> Go ahead, Brandy. Sorry, I just, Brandy. I'm just waiting until you all are done with your bullshit. <laughs> Continue, please. So, they deduced that Charles was hiding in the nearby woods. Because okay. they're That's on a top. Fair, fair assumption. Since it's surrounded by woods. Since it was now nearing dark and the woods around Lawson's home was dense, they decided it'd be safer to begin their search in the morning. Well, and it is Christmas Day, so who wants to go out and get killed on Christmas Day? Around 5.30 p.m., the people gathered at the Lawson's home heard one last gunshot. 
and old boy took his own life. So Charles shot himself. Yes, that's what that meant. Okay. Officials found letters near Charles that he'd written to his parents. They also saw where the grass had been trampled in a circle going around a tree near <laughs> Going around a tree near Mr. Lawson's body. Was he trying to decide where to spray? <laughs> I think he was uh, walking around circles. It's supposed to be. It is believed that he had been pacing around the tree before taking his own life. Uh, well, he was in a pickle. Well, <laughs> he, was, he, he was in a quandary. But it's he a conundrum when you <laughs> killed a whole family, Timmy. He didn't kill his dogs. Sam and Queen were, were there by his side. Well, so he didn't do anything. Well, nothing well, about I'm not it. sure the baby did either. But <laughs> What did the dog do to deserve it? What did the kids do? Oh, you got kids, you know. I know. No. Well, forget it. Okay, we both love our the teenagers, kids. Teenagers, the teenagers, but you know I get. There's it. times that they need to be run through a wood chipper. The teen, the teenagers, I get. Like they should be sent away for a long time. But the four month old, come on now. Oh, uh, pooping and crying all the time. That's right what you do. Uh, the, <laughs> only, got a point. the only survivor was the oldest son, Arthur. Uh, because Mr. Lawson had sent him in, uh, into town to run an errand before the killing started. Uh, Arthur and his cousin Sanders, 16, had gotten up early to go rabbit hunting. Sanders had spent Christmas Eve at the Lawsons' home. After using all their ammunition, Arthur and Sanders came back to the farm to ask Charles for some bullets. Well, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but here we go. Charles told him he didn't have any more ammo. All this shit's spoken for. I got stuff to do with this. But asked the boys to go buy some for him. as Go buy some for him as well. So he gave him some money, told him to go into town and get some ammo. Yeah, send him away. Uh, they were fully grown. They knew how to use a weapon. Uh, it's been speculated that Charles had sent them on this errand so they would not be there to stop him when the killing began. You know what's more impressive than rabbit hunting? Was rabbit catching. Yeah. You know, running after Chasing him. Chasing him. Yeah. And, you know, I, I'll tell you who's caught a rabbit. Rudy. Yeah. Some bitch caught him. Chased down a rabbit. What about noodling? Hmm? Noodling. Have you ever done that? No, you haven't the done that. What the fuck are you talking about? Is it? Oh, haven't you seen those people that, like, go through, like, the rivers and then they stick their hands in holes and bring oh, out yeah. big ass fish? Oh, yeah. That's impressive. That's oh. cheating. That's impressive. No, I, I thought noodling means when you're playing with yourself. <laughs> what else? What? I'm noodling right now. <laughs> no, actually, what it means is when you when you take your dick out underwater and the fish goes for it. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, like those. Uh, it's like those spas where you put your feet in and the fish nibble on it. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, you just put your penis in there. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's yeah. hillbilly hand fishing. <laughs> I would do that. I would sit in one of those spas and pay him four dollars if the fish. If you get a DJ from a blowjob, <laughs> 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 you know, like one of those talking bass on the wall. One of those big cars. Like no, I mean like the one at Walmart, the talking bass. <laughs> oh, the flips when you hit the rings <laughs> yeah. and stuff. Yeah. Okay. Please, I, please continue with the story. Girl. Take all the dry skin off your peppy. Well, Jesus God. Well, you I, know, what sometimes I'm you have to, you know. What I'm sometimes gonna, you flake. Exfoliate. Sometimes you do flake. Exfoliate. Sometimes you get an ashy pecker. <laughs> you, you do, especially. Ain't nothing worse especially than you spend a lot, you spend a lot of time in the uh, Southeast Asia. Yeah. First of all, neither one of you get ashy peckers. I can guarantee you that. I couldn't have one. No, you can't. I will show you right now. You do not have an ashy pecker. Well, I don't know because I moisturize. Because you put, what, what did you put on this I moisturized. No, what did you put on it? I, I, put, I put the wrong kind of cream on my, 
<laughs> it has Sansa stuff, and if you ever used it, it's methylated. Cause <laughs> cause quite a table, isn't it? It's like so it's like putting gay. midday big yeah. in your dick. It's like putting Tiger Bomb on there. That you go. Eighty percent of the time, it works. hundred yeah. percent of the time. <laughs> What happens so, next, Charles? Well, we got some theories as to why what went on. Okay, because we so we're left with not knowing why Charles killed his whole family, basically, yeah. except for Arthur the Kitty's like Now there was rumors as to why he would take the lives of his whole family, and it was speculated that he did not murder his family at all; <laughs> that it was staged to look as though Charlie had committed suicide. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's one theory. Okay. Now, one of these explanations was that Charlie had witnessed an organized crime incident and had been found out and his family had been murdered for it. I'm calling bullshit on that. I'm yeah. calling no, shenanigans on that one. Yeah, I think North Carolina, rural North Carolina. Now, rural North Carolina, here we go. Another one involves a black man Charlie had started a fight with. I'm calling bullshit on that one. When, you, could, start, when you start calling the black guy, yeah. blame it on the black guy. <laughs> yeah. He could have it's, it's the one-on black guy theory. Yeah. It's, yeah. Wasn't that on Fugitive or something? The yeah. one I, no, curly hair guy. Number you know one. who did that? Susan Smith, right? When she yeah. drowned her kids. Uh, and some, some black guy, hit, she said some black guy took her car and... Uh, kidnapped her kids. I hate that yeah. bitch. I know, I know. It's always blaming the black guy. So I'm going to rule those two out. So go on, Colonel. What okay, all know? signs obviously pointed to a murder-suicide. Mm-hmm. Um, and as I have told the boys on a number of occasions, I, I could see why so many news stories ends with, and then he turned a gun on himself. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> there was some speculation that Charles' head injury may have played a factor in his strange behavior. Okay, when he was plowing the fields. Uh, yeah, we? Yes. Yeah. Been it was not until the book. Well, he plowed his wife quite a bit, though, didn't he? Clearly. It was not until Bing Crosby released the book White Christmas, Bloody Christmas. No, it's not Bing Crosby. Yeah. <laughs> I'm dreaming the lady. of a bloody Christmas. Cite the author. You got... don't put the author down here. I didn't. Oh, here we go. Okay. I thought I saw Okay, a str- in 1990, a very strong claim surfaced. On interviewing many people regarding the murder, the book's author, M. Bruce Jones and Trudy Jay Smith. Yeah, I saw her interview, Trudy Smith interview. Go ahead. Found that several people recounted rumors regarding Charlie, Marie, and incest. Timmy. So Marie was his oldest daughter. She his was oldest 17. daughter, seventeen. Mm-hmm. Charlie was laying the bone to her. Well, that's the that's a rumor. That's the bone. Laying the bone. You was. old romantic. <laughs> he was. So anyway, in. 1989, authors had received a call from an anonymous woman. She had gone on a tour of the Lawson home shortly after the murders, and the tour guide told her about the incest rumor, which he stated as fact. The day before the book was to be published, the authors received a phone call from Stella Lawson, daughter of Marion Lawson, Mm -hmm. and cousin of the Lawson children who had already been interviewed for the book. On this occasion, she told them she knew the truth as to why Charlie did it. Stella said at the funeral for the Lawson, she had overheard Fanny's sister-in-laws and aunts, including Stella's mother, Jetty Lawson, discussing how Fanny may have confided in them that she had been concerned about Charlie and Marie. Jetty died in early 1928, meaning Fanny had been suspicious of the incest at least that long before the murders in 1929. Even more evidence was revealed in 
The Meaning of Our Tears, okay. another book. Mm-hmm. Maybe the most convincing evidence yet came from a close friend of Marie Lawson's, Ella May. She claims that just weeks before Christmas, Marie told her that she was pregnant. She's with baby, with child, Timmy. In the family way. Because you know this son bitch don't know how to use a condom or pull out. His timing's just terrible. I mean, once he gets... So so the rumor was she had a bun in the oven. Yeah, she had a bone in in the oven. And uh, so anyway... In which case, the death toll would rise. It would rise. So she claims it just weeks told her about... Now, Hill Hampton, another close friend and neighbor of the Lawson family, was interviewed. He said he knew of some serious problems going on with the family. Now, every family's got serious problems, whether you admit to it or not. And he knew the nature of the problem, but that it was personal and choose not to reveal what it was. Mm-hmm. Now, within a week of the murders, Charlie's brother, Marion Lawson, opened the home on Brook. Cove Road as a tourist attraction. Yeah, it was like, what'd you say, within a week? Or yeah, within a week. Yeah. A raisin cake that Marie Lawson had baked on Christmas Day was displayed on the tour. Because visitors began to pick at the raisins on the cake and take as souvenirs, it was placed in a covered glass dish. Yeah, they took the raisins off the cake. You can see that cake, by the way, Tom. The raisins off the cake? Yeah, yeah. people were soup. They would come in, they were tearing like pieces of, uh, you know you, how you were saying people would steal stuff? Yeah. Well, they would come in and take pieces of the uh, uh, these raisins off the cake that she baked or, you know, pieces of the cake and they were taking, like, shit in the house as souvenirs. Kirk yeah. Charles will get that done. So anyway, um, a few years later, one of the tourists who would visit the Lawson family home, John Dillinger. Yeah, they had people sign in. The guests, visitors would sign in. Yeah. And when he was, like, America, when he was... You know, Devil, do you get the feeling that Timmy does these scripts and leaves facts out so he can add into it? So he can be relevant? So he can make us look ignorant? Well, it's, Which I can do pretty well on my own, and the yeah, devil, and I mean... Had you done research like I did, you would know these things. I was in Wisconsin. What the hell? Do they have the internet access? They do Wi-Fi? not have internet in Wisconsin. You don't have Wi-Fi in Wisconsin? No. Now, the brother also sold a thousand copies, thousands of copies of The Last Family Portrait. Yeah, the portrait they had taken uh, the day before Christmas. That uh, We'll post that portrait up on... Uh, now, the Lawson's son, Arthur, lived until 1945 when he was killed instantly in a vehicle accident. Yeah, Arthur Buck was the only Buck. one to survive that. He was survived by his wife and four children. And that'd fuck up your Christmas come home and your whole family wiped out. Mm, yeah, it, it, he never he never put up a tree after that. No. Yeah, Many years later, in 1990, a book was being published about the murders. Among people interviewed was Stella Lawson, who was a cousin of Lawson children. And uh, let's see. There are some things left unanswered after all these years. Mm-hmm. Why did the letters that Charles had written... What did the letters that Charles had written to his parents say? Yeah, they were never revealed. Yeah. Why did Charles position the bodies in the way that he did? Uh, Yeah, right, with the pillows under their heads or rocks, whatever you believe. Yeah, they don't feel bad. But they had their arms crossed. And you know, by the way, the the funeral home, they had all eight bodies, all eight coffins laid out in a row. Oh, did they? Yeah. Saw photos of that. Jeez. Why did Charlie run into the woods and wait so long before he committed suicide? Yeah, usually people do that yeah. right away, don't they? Why did he, he spare the life of Buck? 
But I think that gets back to Brandy's point that he was Buck was a pretty big guy. Yeah, Buck would have whooped his ass. And Buck wasn't home. Yeah, so he sent him on an errand. It's like that Richard Pryor. Richard Pryor used to have his... <laughs> Buck Wild. Yeah. And when he's taking a shower, he's buck naked. Yeah, he is. When he said, uh, Richard Pryor said once, he was he was talking about being in jail with a guy, and the guy killed everybody in the house, and he said, why did you kill everybody in the house? And he said, it was home. <laughs> right, exactly, same thing. That's why Char- Buck didn't get killed. And why did Charlie choose Christmas Day, the holiest day of the year, the holiest of holies? It's when our Lord, Savior, Jesus Christ. If he was Muslim, it wouldn't be the holiest day of the year. Well, then this would be a terrorist act. So it was not. Well, no, it would be a, anyway, go on, Colonel. Why did he choose Christmas? He he obviously had some problems with Christmas because he stopped celebrating. I think he was just cheap and didn't want to Because he kept waiting around for the great pumpkin to come to me. But why did he take the family the day before to get their portrait taken and buy new clothes? Well, he was clearly deranged. I mean, and I I do know this to be true. I think he had a tumor. Uh, You think it was that that head injury? I think he has a tumor. A person that I know, Mm -hmm. um, you guys don't know him, he's he's older now. He came home from his job. He'd been acting a little quirky, Mm -hmm. and he came home from his job and found everything blue in the house and threw it away. Oh. And started painting over the walls that was blue mm-hmm. because blue is the color of the devil. Mm-hmm. That was his reasoning. Yeah. Blue was the color of the devil. And where did he get that information? No, that was just, he, he had a psychotic break. And, and he, he associated well, I just didn't know why blue was the color of the devil. I always thought it was red or black. Or well, I, I, you tell us. You're, I mean, what is the color of the devil? Yeah. Today, today it's pink. Today it's fuchsia, yeah. Oh, okay. Whatever, yeah. And and so, what, that, so what you're saying is that he had a mental break and there's no There's no, there's no rational away. explanation. Can we jump for one second to... Uh, the the devil's got a nails made up like a hooker. Yeah, can we do... Can we hold on one first before we do that? So okay. the Lawson family murders. Your final thoughts on... Why? Oh, I just think the head injury oh, got done? to him and he went crazy. Uh, and you? He's just droning on. Oh, it, I definitely think the head injury had something to do with okay, it. Okay, I'm going to go with the uh, uh, head injury slash uh, incest thing going on. Yeah. I think that played a part if the incest thing was happening. Yeah, and well, I mean, we don't know, but I'm thinking it, it seems like that was a pretty strong rumor at the time. Yeah. But, okay, anyway, uh, Colonel? Continue with your critique of Brandy's uh, nails. Well, she got her nails done now. The pink and they got white tips. I believe that's called French tips or something. Yeah, French tips. Uh, that's what whores wear. They match her <laughs> shirt. Um, I don't. Can I see your feet today, though? No, you can. You got, no. you got your toes covered. Do you have a tramp stamp? I don't know if the. No, I don't, I don't have know a if tramp your curtains stamp. are matching the drapes here or not. But um, what color are your toes? They're pink. So they are. Do you got the little whore tips on your toes, no, too? No, they're just pink. Okay. You got a date later or somewhere? Yeah, what you doing here? My, you you don't know, I'll say many mean I, things I, about I, the devil. I think I've seen those nails on... Uh, what do you mean? I by think that? I've seen them on the back edge. Yeah, and I was going to say that. I, I will say some nasty things about the devil. Most of them are true. Mm-hmm. But the devil could be a hand model. Mm-hmm. Look at those hands, Timmy. Oh, they're yeah. scarred. I she believe she can make the masturbate. She can make. She can be a masturbator. She could. I believe she's done professional masturbator. Have you done hand porn, devil? <laughs> Have you ever done hand porn? No, not <laughs> to my knowledge. <laughs> okay. 
Well, I don't know. Not to my knowledge. Some attract- We're going to have to get a picture of her hands up there. Yeah. She's got some attractive hands. They're, no, they're not. They're awful. Okay, uh, Colonel, we have... Uh, they're big old man hands. What about shout-outs, Colonel? I got a few. Okay. Um, you what rushed the- me down here, so I... I wanted, um, first of all, I want to say uh, congratulations to Celine. She just bought a new house. Yes. She gets settled in, so congratulations, uh, Celine. And Celine, your- that's, a, that's a big deal. I remember when I bought my house Yay. many, many years ago. I remember, and it or not, I, I remember be- when I had to move out of my house when I got divorced <laughs> many, many years ago. Yeah. One day you'll be old and your house will be paid for and your kids will be taking all your money. And uh, But congratulations. Um, I'd like to give a shout out to young Ms. Banks. Okay. I just I always get a kick out of her. She's a nice lady. You know, she's, she's a... She's uh, funny. She is and she, she's her, she has her own business. She does tutoring out in California. And she's a, you know, she's a small business owner. She's a very bright young lady. I've okay. talked with her a few times, and uh, she's very nice. All right. Well, we got Trish Hillard. Um, what Trish. she does for a living, I do not know. Well, um, some things are better left unsaid. <laughs> what are you implying? I'm not implying anything. <laughs> Have you seen what? on the internet no, somewhere? Well, I, 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 Trish is great. Tommy Boomershine, the Chiefs are going down. That's all. And who was the other one? Who was the other one that said? Was it Amber Croup that's a Chiefs fan? I don't remember. We have a Steelers fan on our page. Oh, it was Amber that was a Steelers fan. Yeah, I thought it was Donna, but you may be right. Yeah, but you two Chiefs fans out there. Now, the Colonel, you know, is a loyal Bronco fan. Mm-hmm. And, uh, Every um, time they win the Super Bowl, you're right there. And then uh, Kim Taylor, you and your little Panthers, you know, kitty cats. She's actually a Cowboys fan. She's just too ashamed to admit it. I know. Um, the Tiffinator, she is a fan of her son's football team. Mm-hmm. Um, they're getting ready to Tiffany start. Tiffany is really cool. Um, Amber, who who am I missing? Because I'm doing these Shannon. off the top of my Shannon, Shannon of course, who does the God's work. God's Shannon work. is doing God's work everywhere with uh, um, Amnesty International. Although I think she's stealing from the church. Oh, I don't think no, so. I, she's working for Amnesty International. Collections have been a little thin lately. What about your good friend uh, Nicola? Jeff, Jeff, Nicola, Nicola, yeah. Nicola, how you doing? Uh, Jeff uh, Chestnut down there. Oh, and, Jeff, yeah. Uh, Dominica, he is a uh, teaches at a medical school. We've got some really people with like, we got skills. some damn smart people. We on do here. now. You know who we got? And, <laughs> you think and they know better. First of all, Brian, Linda, Linda Bri- Middleton. Linda, no, skip Linda. Okay, because she switched teams. Oh, but she? Jennifer, her daughter, lovely young lady on Team Colonel. Jahara is on my team. Just what I'm saying. Now here's here's a couple I wanted to get to. Brian Lawton. Mm-hmm. Brian, Brian, we're glad you're a new listener. We're glad you're here. And his wife, um, Lisa. Lisa does not get a shout out because she saw my picture and is not on Team Colonel anymore. And I'm not sure how to take that. She's on Team Timmy and Team Brandy, or Team Tindy, as she calls yeah. it. Yeah, that's what, hilarious. And we've decided that it's not so much that she likes us, she just don't like you. I, and I would like an explanation we agree as to we agree with that. why my picture caused her to dislike me. Because you're not black. Yeah. Do you think it's is that because people think you're? I black. think it's disappointing and, and, for people and, and, and that you're not black. When, and when you you know when people finally see you and you're this old white dude, unattractive <laughs> white dude, kind of chunky. Teresa Slavens. Teresa, we yeah we Erica Clemens. Erica, of course. So we have uh, we Michael have Jennifer Michael, Michael Birdsaw. He's got he went through the next phase of his. 
job things. So we're getting, oh, yes. yeah. we're yeah. getting there. We're he's getting, getting there. Close. Yeah, he's getting close. He's going to get that job. As a nine one one operator, right? Yeah. So maybe like get some tips on some cases for us when he. Yeah. Man, that would I. You know, I, I worked at a suicide hotline for a while, and that is the weirdest. I mean, you get some of the craziest stamp calls. So, added with that would be an interesting job. That will definitely be a suicide hotline. Could you imagine? No, 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 I mean, he's going to work for nine months. Could you imagine the devil on a suicide hotline? Oh, she'd be hanging up on people. (laughs) Not even hanging up. She'd be like, give him instructions. Yes. You live on the second floor, dumbass. How are you going to jump out? You probably don't even have insurance. You're going to jump out, break your leg. Now somebody got to take care of you. Why are you being an inconvenience and pain in the ass to people? Angela Cobb, who is a new listener. Yes. And um, uh, thank you for, she just joined us as we speak. For those of you who, as we speak, uh, for those of you who listen to our podcast and would like to join the craziness that occurs on our Facebook page, please join our Facebook group. It's uh, History Dweeves, the podcast, um, and uh, we have fun and merriment there. And you can all be a part of it. Um, just um, send us a uh, request, and we'll add you uh, to that group. And um, you'll know, you know, it'll help you understand sometimes our references that we make. Uh, but there's a lot of cool people on uh, the page, and it's, it's a fun page. So if you haven't already, then definitely uh, join the History Reads the Podcast page on Facebook. Where else can people find us, Brandy? Uh, iTunes. Yes, and please leave us a review. Uh, we have a hard time getting reviews, and sometimes we don't get the best of reviews. So if you wouldn't mind, if you could just subscribe and leave us a review, a positive review on iTunes, we would really, really appreciate it. And we can also be found on Twitter, at HistoryDweebs1. We're a part of Podrin Family, which is a big deal because they uh, it's a, a group of podcasts, association of podcasts, and we retreat each other's podcast so it gets us more exposure so that's a good and you know young Brittany Chacone yeah um, Brittany down there in Georgia yeah she she said something about putting a disclaimer up and I think you know because we we could offend people and if you've listened to this podcast this long all the way through and uh, you're offended well, fuck you! You're stupid. You should have. You should have just disconnected a long time ago. No, we do get some. We do get some. Uh, she asked if we had gotten any uh, hate mail. We haven't gotten really hate mail. I've had a couple death threats, but they well, come from the devil. Yeah, it's not from our listeners. But we do. So. We do get some negative reviews because we don't always. Uh, people don't know how to take the show because they they tune in for a podcast on crime and then we're yeah, talking right. about we start talking about fisting and. Lesbian, uh, lesbian did, softball. I have a question. When did badminton become like an Olympic sport? That's fucking ridiculous. I don't know, but you know what? If fucking curling is a, uh, a I don't get sport. that either. But let's go badminton. Like I can set that up in my backyard and play it while drinking a beer. I'm not exactly I think air sure. Should be a, why not? Why the hell not? I, I, think, I think Call of Duty should be. Call of Duty. But here's another thing. I think. Do you? Every time the Olympics comes on, mm-hmm. I think I should take up gymnastics. I don't. Hey. I think it just looks <laughs> painful for I me. I think I could do it. You think so? I think I could. No, I couldn't do what that little girl was doing. I Simon, mean, she was just Simon. Simone. Simone. Smiles. She's cool. I like her. She. She is. She's a sweetheart. Look, I, you know what? I. Let's I, be on the Olympic badminton team. 
I mean, clearly, there's not a high bar there. I, you know what? I want to be on the Olympic dodgeball team. Oh, yeah. That would be sweet. We called that war ball when we were in high school. We called it war ball, too. Yeah. And mm-hmm. you had to, if you got hit, you had a line, and you had to lay there, and people could keep hitting you with the balls. We didn't have that. Yeah, until one of your teammates came up and drug you past beyond another line. Mm-hmm. And uh, while they was dragging you, if they got hit, they had to lay down too. And people just be... I mean, if you got I, hit I, once, I, you got hit 20 I times. Know. I suffered from a post-traumatic stress uh, and I, from that, you know. I got post-traumatic stress from... Dodgeball? Yeah, war ball. Yeah. You fuck. I could have went to Nam, but you know. But you get PTSD from yeah. from grade school. Yeah, junior high. God. All right, that's it for this edition of History Dweeps. Please join us again next time. And until then, so long, everyone. Have a good day. Bye bye. up what was that boring no flavor that was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week kiki palmer here and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free hello fresh jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. now that's music to my mouth hello fresh let's get this dinner party started discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com even when we're on a budget we still deserve nice things Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.